Hi there, this is James Eek, and you are listening to Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 86. First off, thanks for tuning in to Warrior's Way Podcast. Next, if you haven't checked it out yet, press pause and head over to patreon.com and look for our Warrior's Way Podcast Patreon page. You'll be glad you did. It is an awesome and growing catalog of cool instructional videos on martial arts, fitness, meditation, breath work, you name it, you got it. There's way more stuff. It's also an awesome way for you ardent supporters of what I'm trying to do here to ensure that the Warriors Way podcast keeps going. As you can imagine, this thing takes a lot of work. And while I love that it's free for all of you to listen to, to keep it going indefinitely means needing support of those who believe in it and what I'm doing. At the Warriors Way podcast Patreon page, I'm expanding on the work I'm doing here, but in video form. And that's kind of cool. And the material is available for a small subscription fee. And if you ask me, it's a win-win kind of situation. You continue to get Warriors Way podcast, awesome digital sensei material. And I keep this train moving forward. So head over to patreon.com and check out what I've been up to. You'll be glad you did. I can guarantee it. And I'll give you a gold star on your next report card for being awesome and playing well with others. Back in the 1980s, the Book of Five Rings was partly popularized by selling it to the business crowd. Touted as the secret of Japan's economic success, managers and executives of all stripes were encouraged to read it and benefit from the insights, their, uh, insights to their competitors' thinking. I came to Musashi myself through a teenage interest in the exotic, of which martial arts were part. And this was certainly pretty far from its use for business. But Musashi's popularity in the United States and the West was indeed business-driven. An article from 1981 edition of the New York Magazine makes for an interesting read explaining that one of the early followers, the advertising executive George Lois said, I have, for some, I have some advice for American businessmen who are trying to figure out why the Japanese excel in business. Buy and study a copy of Musashi's Book of Five Rings. It also included the corrective form a senior correspondent from the Nihon Kizai Shinbun, who said the Japanese businessmen were far too concerned with the future to be rummaging around in the past. I recently came about an article addressing historical sources of East Asian strategy and their application to business. It dealt with the Go-Rin-No Show, the Book of Fire Rings, the Three Kingdoms, and Sun Tzu, highlighting connections between them all and giving guidance for using some of the key concepts they contain with business. Here are the main points it presented with respect to the Gorin No Show, the Book of Five Rings. Number one, 
Grasping relationships and multiple perspectives to gain new knowledge or find innovative solutions, the student must avoid unilateral thinking and the limitations of a one-track mind. Number two, seeking knowledge and information, victory may be achieved when the rhythm of each opponent is known. Number three, being patient, it is best to wait for the opponent to make the first move. Number four, training and discipline, training and disciplining oneself. Number five, disguising emotions and intentions. Always be the same way in any situation and keep your mind in the middle way attitude. Furthermore, people should never reveal their real intentions and always act in such a way as to not reveal the depth of your spirit to others. Number six, possessing flexibility. Despite Masashi's advocacy of the middle of the road approach, he emphasizes physical, psychological, and emotional flexibility during a confrontation. Number seven, using diversion, wrote Musashi. Once you have distracted your opponent, gain the advantage by following with your attack while promoting patience. Masashi also advocates swift action at the opportune moment. Number eight, divide and conquer. When you've seen the ranks of your opponents have been disarrayed, push in and strike strongly without allowing any time to lapse. And number nine, assessing the terrain. Musashi's analysis is analogous to Sun Tzu's statement that it is of utmost importance to force the opponent into a disadvantage. disadvantageous, excuse me, (laughs) a disadvantageous position. This brings up a couple of interesting points. First off, I'm not sure I would be able to reduce my understanding of Masashi's work to only nine or ten points, but I find it interesting to see the ideas of someone who has done so, if only because examining someone else's view of a work enables you to reassess your own view of that work. It gives you a tool to measure and to assess your own understanding. Secondly, it calls into question the value of works, such as Gorin no Sho, that were clearly written with regard to specific contexts for a specific audience and reference things with which the average reader no longer has knowledge of. The concepts outlined above are not particularly profound. Whether or not they're particularly useful in a business context, I'm not qualified to say. I suppose they might provide some food for thought, especially for those involved in business with East Asian companies who are not familiar with the culture. Sun Tzu, which was also discussed in the article, is referenced to much more commonly, despite the lack of a familiar context. It seems to have become a much-used text in a variety of contemporary business and military contexts. There have been far... that have. There have been far more inclusive and focused texts on strategy and tactics in those areas, but has remained one of the most often cited works. Famously quoted by Gordon Gecko and assigned as reading by the USMC for officer training. Perhaps the very fact it's so general that it allows for creative interpretation for its readers and broad applicability across a variety of fields and situations. In Japan, too, Sun Tzu has been written about in a business context, but a quick perusal of the bookshelves suggests that it is less often used as inspiration 
than the romance of the three kingdoms and other homegrown sources. In this later category, it is not Musashi who features most often, but the generals of the Sengoku period, the age of war. Yes, there's plenty of interesting material there. So that was from the article In Business, The Book of Five Rings by Chris Hellman. For me personally, The Book of Five Rings is actually required reading for any real student of the martial arts. It gives the average reader some great things to think about that are just as valid for a swordsman from hundreds of years ago, a jiu-jitsu student today, or a business person looking to improve his or her own strategy in the boardroom or in marketing. That said, not everything in this world is about warfare. There was a time that I thought everything was, and that we could fuse the two to make you a force to be reckoned with. But since then, to be honest with you, I've kind of mellowed out. I think it is far better to be a warrior of life, to choose your battles. That said, if you're forced into a corner, you don't want to mess with the person who has the true warrior spirit inside and a solid knowledge of strategy. For a martial artist, though, you have to understand more than just how to punch or armbar. You have to understand how an actual fight happens. And there are a lot of things you need to get covered off for that one. And nothing will teach it to you better than getting on the mats and just doing it. Just as someone who is a scholar of Musashi might be able to regurgitate word for word his entire book, but couldn't put it into practice if he tried, we need to accumulate knowledge, but understand that this is not enough. We need to work hard to actually understand it and what it means in a real way. This too, though, is not enough. We need to move past understanding something and how to actually apply it. Applying is the goal from knowledge and then past understanding. And this means getting out there and doing it, training, trying, failing, probably lots, and learning from it all until it becomes almost unconscious and a self-moving thing. If you know anything about Musashi, you'll know that he didn't just write this bunch of stuff down. He lived it. And in a way that few have since. And that's why we still remember him. He was a legend not only of our time, but of his own time. And you're going to get there by hitting the mats. I can't tell you how often I have people ask me how they can do this or do that. Or if I have any tips on how they can get better, stronger, more adept in the martial arts or life. First of all, I'm no expert. But I know this much. There's really only one answer to all of it. And that's get on the mats and train hard. If you're training twice a week, try adding a day. If you aren't working on your fitness, guess what? Get on that. The greatest strategy any of us can learn is that it is better to sweat on the mats than to bleed in battle. This is the way. So there you go. Study the Book of Five Rings. Study everything that you can. But 
Try to get past that accumulation of knowledge. Try to understand it. Try to get it inside of you. And try to apply it in life and in training. And you're only going to get there by doing it. So, going on. Question of the week. It comes to us from a listener by the name of Jason. Hey, Jason. And he's asking... How do you reconcile the fact that learning martial arts is to learn how to do harm and at the same time desire to be peaceful? Well, for me, I have long since come to terms with this. What I came to realize early on is that with years on the mats, it becomes really easy to hurt others. You become really good at that part. The more you train, the easier it is. And some people get off on it, hurting others. But that's not what the martial arts is about. Let's face it, most people don't train all that much, if at all. And as a martial artist, you are an anomaly. Unless you have some serious character flaws, hurting someone else shouldn't turn your crank. Despite training in martial arts, which is teaching you how you can. Instead, what you will do is see a strange thing happen in you. Bit by bit, you will see your compassion grow. That is, if you're being trained correctly and learning the lessons properly. Some people keep training and aren't trained all that well. And instead of learning to be humble, to be compassionate, to be respectful, to be kind, they instead end up with egos that have grown wild and insane like an animal that needs constant feeding. For all of you listening, even if your instructors are this new breed who don't think that bowing or calling your instructor by the title they've earned or helping everyone on the mats instead of crushing them are all the most important things that can be developed on the mats ahead of all the techniques you'll learn, make sure you are breeding it into yourself and helping others by your example. Study the self, what you were made of, who you really are. Learn to breathe. Relax. Learn to calm that crazy monkey mind. Be the calm in the storm. Make sure that you are the last one to act with anger or with vengeance. Wait instead. Or better yet, turn the other cheek. Move on. Breathe. What you will find the more you train in the martial arts in that way is that your skill level increases with your ability to be calm. The more calm you are and the more calm that you can be, the more peaceful you will be. This is something you will bring with you off of the mats into your regular walk around life. Violence and blame And vengeance, that solves nothing. Figure out for yourself what does. Figure out what true training in the martial arts is about. And if you do that, what you will find is that that 
that figuring it out, that is the way. So there you go. And on that note, that draws this podcast to a close for another week. Um, Thank you very much for listening. It means a lot to know that people are out there listening. If you have any comments, any questions, any ideas, any articles, any books that you think that might be of interest to me, pass them on because, man, I love hearing from you guys. Um, And then what you can do to help this whole Warrior's Way podcast out is, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, check out the Patreon page. It's pretty cool. Lots of videos. I think it's worth your while to check it out. Just go to patreon.com and put in a search for Warrior's Way podcast. Next thing you can do is give us a five-star review, wherever you can do that. Um, You can follow me on Instagram. Look for the Eek Academy. That's my martial arts school in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, You can find the Warrior's Way podcast Facebook page on Facebook, obviously. Um, You can also find the Eek Academy on Facebook as well. And the last thing is if you like all of this stuff, this training stuff, this philosophy of the way, check out the books I've written. You can find them for your Kobo, for your Kindle, um, or you can buy a actual paper book. Just go over to Amazon and put in my name, James Eek, and it will cough up a couple of cool books that I've written. One is the, surprise, surprise, Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning in the Martial Arts. And the other one is called A Wolf in the Woods. And that details an incident years back where I actually got into a scrap with a wolf, if you can believe it, in the forests of British Columbia, and how it kind of changed my view of training and what's important. So there you go. Other than that, get on the mats and train hard. Have fun while you're doing it. Help others out and be a good friend. And when you get off of those mats, take everything that you've learned and make this world a better place. It's the little choices we make that'll do it. Thanks a lot.